The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, an anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Got Games in Dell City, Green Bambino, Paseo Plunge, and My Chic Geek in Oklahoma City, and Waving Wheat Bakery and Bistro in Norman, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 232 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. It's April, which means the return of a favorite event in Norman, the Medieval Fair. Sadly, the coronavirus forced the cancellation of the celebration last year, but organizers are bringing it back April 9th through 11th at Reeves Park. Joining us once again is Cody Clark, director of casting and one of the performers for the Medieval Fair. Cody, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me here. Great to talk to you again. Yeah. Okay. So the last time we talked was, I think, last January. So as we call it, the before times. Um, what is, how is COVID-19 impacting the festivities this year? Well, uh, the most obvious way that it's impacting, of course, is that, uh, uh, we, we have ordinances. We can't Mm -hmm. have more than uh, 50 people in a group in public. And, uh, there's no way to, I mean, honestly, if you have a, a fair outside that's going to get uh, in the hundreds of thousands of people, mm-hmm. you can't uh, you can't get enough security to make sure that everybody socially distances and wears masks. So uh, the upside is, however, over these past two years, we've started learning a lot about how to uh, go online, mm-hmm. and we are still going to be having a fair. In fact, last year, uh, we put together something very hastily after the fair was literally canceled about three weeks before fair was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had some people that got together and put together about six hours worth of streaming entertainment. And so this year we've expanded on that and we have... uh, First of all, we have at least 16 of our regular featured performers that have the videotape performances, and we are going to show them online. And another thing that we're very excited about is that there is something for you to go to Reeves Park to do. (laughs) We are going to have, I believe it's uh, 20 food vendors lined up along the street that runs through Reeves Park. So everything is going to be on pavement, and uh, we will have, I believe, 20 food vendors there, some of uh, our vendors that regularly come to the fair. So Mm -hmm. you'll have a wonderful selection, and you can come down there and get the feel, okay, it's Reeves Park, here's the food, what we would ask, everyone to do however since gatherings we can't do please come get your food take it home and eat it while you're watching our streaming videos and that will give you the the feel 
of being at the fair safely. And you can actually do it in the privacy of your own home so you don't have to worry about bugs or anything like that. You can actually do it comfortably in air conditioning. Absolutely. Uh, Eating your uh, funnel cake and your (laughs) turkey leg while you're in your pajamas. That's, and yeah, of course, that was one of my favorite things to do at the, the, the fair was to get a turkey leg. Uh, I think I did that every year. Just I probably shouldn't have, but I did because it's just so delicious. Well, let me tell you, if, 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 you're, if you're thinking about diet-wise, there are <laughs> a lot more decadent things there than turkey legs. That's true. That's true. The funnel cakes are phenomenal, but those are probably not any better. <laughs> uh, no. So but they are delicious. So you've got 20 food vendors basically asking people to come in, get the food to go, and then go watch this online. Where are people watching this online? All right. If you will, if you will go to our uh, Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash medieval fair, you go to our Facebook page and you will find a link to join uh to join the the online meeting and and actually view uh, all of those all of those uh, performances, you can probably also find the information for the link if you go to our website, which is medievalfair.org. That's fantastic. Now, what what kind of performance can what what kind of performances can people see? All right. Um, obviously, some of the things that some of our, our big draws, the the joust, the human chessboard, the birds of prey show just doesn't uh, translate to video. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we are going to have some other of our most popular, the bilge pups, the singing pirate group that we have that have a very big following at our fair. They are going to be uh, performing virtually. Uh, we are going to have several musical performance groups, as a matter of fact. Um, and actually, I understand that apparently the Birds of Prey, I may have had that wrong, the Birds of Prey are doing something. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, may, it may just be showing off the birds and, and giving their, their talk about their conservancy uh, measures. But we will have the birds That's for you great. to see. Um, we are going to have at least one juggler. We are going to have a couple of storytelling uh, performances. Uh, the major groups that are involved in Medieval Fair each year, the Society for Creative Anachronism, mm-hmm. who have their own little village back at the uh, east end at the northeast end they are going to be uh, they're going to be doing some crafts work and maybe a, a couple of uh, sword fights for us uh, the Arthurian Order of Avalon who normally do the living chessboard mm-hmm. are going to be they're not going to be doing a chessboard obviously <laughs> they're going to be doing uh, a performance of uh, the sword and stone really Yes. Oh, that's and it's uh, it's very entertaining. It's very humorous. It's something that, oh my goodness, we were doing it. We were doing the sword in the stone in one shape or other when I joined the AOA mm-hmm. 
back in the dark ages. <laughs> are you still, are you going to be in this? Um, I will not, I will not be in this. Um, I, uh, my personal involvement in this, uh, this year is just taping a short introduction with the other motleys, the other fools that mm -hmm. I run around with. And, uh, I will actually spend most of the time on site, but I will not be in costume. I will not be entertaining. I will be there to tell you where to park, mm. tell you tell you uh, where to find specific uh, food vendors that you're looking for, uh, give you information, that sort of thing. We are specifically not going to have any entertainers entertaining on site because really the city of Norman is being very nice to let us do this. Right. We, we cannot have large groups of people getting their food and eating it there. Yeah. So what has the feeling, but well, first off last year when you guys, um, you know, I think COVID finally entered Oklahoma around March 13th, you guys were three weeks later. What was the, the feeling at the the people the organizers of medieval fair um very interesting um every month on the second wednesday of each month the norman arts council a uh, there's a group of people who, who are all who all represent arts in norman and they're called the arts council round table and we get together on the second Wednesday of each month and talk about concerns for uh, the arts in Norman. And that Wednesday, even before the whole COVID thing, we had a regularly scheduled, we do this every year around March, we had some of the city councilmen, uh, state representatives, and we had our new mayor, Bria Clark, there also. And of course, at that time, the big question on the books was COVID. Mm -hmm. How is that going to affect us? And um, we kind of got, I mean, Mayor Clark uh, and I, I absolutely respect her greatly for this. She did not sugarcoat. She laid out exactly what the threats were. She laid out exactly what sort of course she was planning on taking to handle this, to be as proactive as possible. And we had that meeting that Wednesday, and it was like the next day mm -hmm. that uh, Anne-Marie Eckert, the uh, coordinator of Medieval Fair, found out that, uh, yeah, we're not going to have Medieval Fair. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we're not going to have jazz in June. Um, we're not going to have uh, any of the other summer festivals that uh, that we have. So yes, it was it was quite a punch. I think the hardest part for us, I say for us, uh, I should say for Anne Marie, poor lady, um, having to call our vendors and our performers, and you gotta understand, our vendors and our performers, this isn't the only fair they do. Mm -hmm. They travel all around the area, some of them all around the country, doing fairs, 
And this is one of their regularly scheduled stops. And they already have on schedule, all right, I'm coming from Arizona, and after this fair, I'm going to uh, Waxahachie, Texas. And they already have this thing planned. And suddenly, with, with just like three weeks notice, we're telling them, you've got a hole in your, uh, in your itinerary that you're going to have to fill specific at, at the last minute, basically. I think that was the toughest part, really, because, you know, you have the same vendors and performers year after year. Mm -hmm. These are our friends. And we're having to tell our friends that, um, I'm sorry, we can't play this year. You, you can't make, for a lot of these people, our fair, that's, they make significantly more money at our fair than they do in any of the other fairs they perform at, mm -hmm. some of these people. And that's taking a, a big bite out of their livelihood, especially some of the, some of the performers who, this is how they make their money. They don't have a day job. This is how they make their money. And that, that I think, was easily the, the, the toughest part of the whole thing. And you weren't, but you weren't the only medieval fair or Renaissance festival to shut down immediately after that. So for these performers, they didn't just have one hole. It ended up being an entire year of, of not being able to do anything. Exactly. Um, and yes, because uh, a, a fair, a fair that begins, actually, these days I think it begins on the same weekend as ours down in Waxahachie, Texas, Scarborough Fair. Mm -hmm. They had to, I don't know when they got word, but yeah, they they had to take it on the chin also, and then uh, fairs all all over the country, so. A lot of these people have just done what they can with doing online projects. And again, I, I guess if there's an upside to all of this, a lot of these performers, uh, and I know that the Medieval Fair organization has learned a lot about putting things online these days mm -hmm. and plans are in the making for, I mean, if next year we go back to doing our regular fair outdoors, everything's exactly the way it used to be. Um, after all that we've learned this year, you may be seeing a lot of online options for the fair next year and going forward. Mm -hmm. We do learn. Yeah. Yeah, and, and which would be wonderful because it gives options for people who I know that there are I have I have several friends who we used to go to the medieval fair, but now they've moved on to California, to to New York, to wherever. And this would maybe if they we had more of an online presence at the same time that you're doing something physical, it'd be a way to bring in some of the people who might have moved away, who can't make it down to Norman. Exactly. That we get people from well, some people from many states away mm -hmm. to actually come to our fair. And a lot of them are just like you say, that they, they used, they remember coming to the fair, they moved away and they still make it 
this is like part of the, an early vacation to actually come for a weekend and see the fair. But a lot of people have moved so far away or their jobs just won't allow it anymore that uh, having a virtual presence will let everyone that wants to enjoy the fair. And it will truly, we're recognized across the country because mm-hmm. we are probably the, the one of the biggest single weekend uh, fairs around, mostly because we don't charge money. Right. Um, and we, a few years ago, were recognized as one of the 50 best uh, outdoor public uh, events in the United States. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're hoping that uh, not only can people from New York have heard of us, they can actually check us out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and also there. The, hopefully, this year will will get better and better. Do you hope you had uh, an event? Events you normally do in was it July, June, July that you normally do? Oh, um, the the other big event that uh, the medieval fair does is called the Midwinter's Ball. Right, and that's actually in January. Okay, I remember and we talked about that last year. Could, obviously, we couldn't do that this right. year. But uh, hopefully we, again, will be able to do that uh, again this next January. How will people be able to support the performers by watching them online? Ah. One way you can support the medieval fair, um, hopefully some of the performers will give their own information about how you can how you can donate to them most of them have websites right that you can go to the website of the individual performer and make donations if you want to make general donations to uh, the medieval fair of norman you can go online go to the ou foundation medieval fair fund And there is again, there is again a link to that at mm-hmm. our website, medievalfair.org. The OU Foundation basically handles the uh, the money for uh, the Medieval Fair of Norman, so everything goes through the OU Foundation. Mm-hmm. So you can go go to our website, get the link, go to OU Foundation Medieval Fair fund and if you liked what you saw and you were planning on on either making a donation there where we always have donation boxes or uh would be spending some money tipping performers just uh send it to uh the the medieval fair fund at ou foundation if nothing else if uh what you would tip organization tip some of these uh, vendors and performers, whether it gets to them directly this year, we, every year we have more people, more performers, more vendors wanting to perform here than we can allow. 
And we actually have to make decisions, sometimes really tough ones, as to who gets to come here and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. So if the public will let us know who they like best, who their favorites are, we can take that uh, strongly into account because um, we have certain standards that we put forth and guidelines for determining what performers and what vendors and types of vendors we allow. But let's face it, the bottom line is we want people that the patrons are going to enjoy. Um, that, that's job one. Besides the food and uh, food vendors and the performers, there's also other vendors who sell things uh, as far as uh, weapons and and clothing and garb. Are, is there some way you guys are helping them out as well? We can't have any of those on site. Right. Um, this, we... We may be able, if you go to medievalfair.org and send a question uh, to Anne-Marie, she may be able to get you in contact or make a contact sheet for some of our, the people who sell swords, the people mm -hmm. who sell jewelry, jewelry the people who sell uh, perfumes. Um, she may be able to give you websites for, for them to uh, so that you can contact them specifically that I don't really know about right. I, I know I know that uh, the only vendors that the only vendors that are actually specifically involved with the medieval fair this year are the food vendors right oh so I was thinking if there was some way to even link it to if they had an Etsy account or something like that to where we could uh, just go on a one-stop shop online to where maybe we could look at that. I don't know that you guys, I know that's not your, your area of expertise. That's not my area of expertise. And I hate, I hate to talk too much, it be too much about it because I don't even know the legalities of, mm -hmm. are we allowed to even post the uh, websites of some of these people that there, there there might be problems there. I, I, again, that that is not my area. <laughs> how long do you know? How long the medieval fair has been there? Ah, uh, are you talking about in Norman or at Reeves Park? I th well, because no, it just moved. Well, just. <laughs> I think what was it twenty years ago? Moved just to Reeves moved Park. There, eighteen years ago. Yeah, um, but but how? That's what I was saying. How long has it been just in, in existence? It, the first medieval fair was organized by the OU English Department to uh, coincide with Shakespeare's birthday, because April twenty third, Saturday, April twenty third, in nineteen seventy seven. Uh, Shakespeare's birthday actually came on a Saturday hmm. and some uh, English department graduate students had been to had been to a, a couple of Renaissance fairs and it's kind of urban legend as to whether it was in Texas or in California or in Florida you get different memories from different people 
But at any rate, they saw this and said, let's do something like this at OU based around Shakespeare's birthday. And it was really odd since most of these fairs were Renaissance fairs, they decided that even though it was around a celebration of Shakespeare's birthday, which is very Renaissance, mm -hmm. um, in fact, almost Reformation, they decided to do it as a medieval fair mm -hmm. rather than as a Renaissance fair, probably because they, they had more, more people interested in medieval times than <laughs> right. Renaissance. But yes, the very first one was on the South Oval at OU in 1977. The first three were at the South Oval at OU. And then it, it grew too big to do on the South Oval. So in 1980, it moved to the Duck Pond. And in uh, 2002, the last year at the Duck Pond, um, it, it had grown to the point where we were getting in good weather. The 2002 year was not good weather. I could talk to you an hour about just the 2002 <laughs> fair. But uh, we had gotten to the point where we were getting 180,000 people through that little place where to get from one side of the duck pond mm -hmm. to the other, you either go on the road or you go on one of two little bridges. And it was uh, problematic. So in 2003, we moved to uh, Reeves Park, mm -hmm. which is where we've been since then. Uh, a lot of people say it doesn't quite have the atmosphere that the duck pond had, and I can understand that. But every other single thing you want for a public fair, the ground is a lot more level, which means we can have a lot more vendors to come in there to give you stuff to buy. It's just a couple of blocks from uh, Lloyd Noble where mm -hmm. there's plenty of parking. Parking was always a problem. Oh, the, it's a duck pond? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. That's, that's why we continuously ran uh, uh, buses from the Lloyd Noble parking lot up to, up to the South Oval, which with all of the people traffic was problematic in and of itself. But uh, so we have it a lot, a lot easier down at Reeves Park. So celebrating 44 years this year, are you so you're hoping that maybe uh, if we can get everything under control this year, uh, maybe next year when you're celebrating 45 years that we can really come back with a really big celebration? Yes, it will. It will be it will be very, very nice if we can make something somewhat special of the uh of the 45th well i said i guess technically this year is the 45th see we, well we that's true a lot of talk <laughs> yes. and jokes about this <laughs> anniversary versus annual right. fair because technically uh this year since our first fair was in 77 this will be our 45th annual fair and next year will be our 45th anniversary. Right. Yes, so, and I know. Uh, yes. We, when we were coming up on the 40th, we, we had this talk too. Okay, do we celebrate our 40th fair or do we celebrate our 40th anniversary? So that's sort of an ongoing type thing. But uh, 
yes, since we can't really make something extremely special of our 45th fair, we are definitely planning on making something special of our 45th anniversary next year. Good deal. Um, and so just give everyone a reminder of where people can go to find all the things that they want to find. All right. Go to our website. That's medievalfair.org or go to our Facebook page, Medieval Fair of Norman. And you will find, you can find there a map that shows you where you can park, where you can't park, where you can drive, where you can't drive. If, if you don't remember that, don't worry. We will have people standing there to tell you where to go. If you come by, you will find a list of all of the food vendors and what they sell and a map showing you which, uh, which booths are theirs. Please come by. Please get food, support our vendors if you love our fair, and please get the food, take it home, and watch us online from the safety and privacy of your own home. Fantastic, Cody. And we're all looking forward to it. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Greatly appreciate you having us here. It's always a pleasure. So that's our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcasts. Our theme music was produced by Monument Studios. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify and Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Cody Clark, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on.